Hey everyone, welcome to the Lancaster Golf Performance Podcast. Each week on the show, we talk golf at a high level. Whether it be short game, putting, ball striking, and biomechanics, mental game, nutrition, or your favorite players, we cover it. Some weeks we will have guests on, either high level players or coaches, and other weeks we will break down important parts of building a high level of performance on and off the golf course. For context, Lancaster Golf Performance comes from a deep family history of amateur, NCAA, and professional golf experience. We are comprised of three brothers, two of us made it to the NCAA Division I, while one still pursues the game to the highest level, and the other is a certified swing biomechanist with Scott Cokes, and a certified health and nutrition practitioner with the Paul Check Institute. We have been lucky to be trained by PGA Tour coaches, and it's our goal to get all of our students to achieve their highest potential. If you want to get in touch with us, have a discussion, a free consult, or work with us exclusively, message us on Instagram at Lancaster Golf Performance or at LancasterGolfPerformance.com. I hope you enjoy the show as much as we do hosting it. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lancaster Golf Performance Podcast and uh, we're back here talking today about getting ready for the season. We're at a point here with hopefully the coronavirus stuff kind of being in the rearview mirror. Um, we'll see. I don't pay too much attention to the news um, because it's just better to be positive than not be so negative. But we're in that state of getting ready for the season and golf courses are going to open up pretty good and I see a distinct advantage actually for junior golfers or a distinct disadvantage to kind of open up here because I think the season is going to come up really quickly and you're going to be forced to have to get ready real quickly if tournaments are going to be open. I don't even actually really know what's going to go on with tournaments. I don't know, Kim, have you, have you reached out to the GAO at all and, and what's going to go on with tournaments? Are they still going on or what does that look like? Yeah, I was actually planning on doing that this week. Um, I haven't reached out personally yet, but uh, it does sound like just with some of the junior golfers I've been talking to that there will be some tournaments going forward. Uh, but it's definitely going to be a revised schedule. So, you know, seeing it be, if you're in Ontario, um, it looks like they're going to have the golf courses open up in about two weeks. So we can assume that, uh, you know, the tournaments are going to start to get going soon. Yeah. So, I mean, then if, that, if that's the case, let's kind of talk about what it would look like to get ready for the season um, and shake the rust essentially and get, get kind of going here. Now we're in Canada, obviously. So we're dealing with colder climates. Um, so I think the, the biggest thing first is just to, kind of get yourself acclimated with the cold weather and, and get out there. There are, there was always like a, a certain level of junior players that would uh, just like not want to get out in the cold weather and not want to be out there. Our coach always took us out and, and, and got us going. And we, I remember, I just simply remember one memory of us pitching balls to, uh, to, to Ralph. Um, and he had a, I think a catcher's medal on at Hamilton golf. And uh, we were just working on like short game and working on pitching and chipping and 50, 60 yard shots. Um, so that, that would be just one, I think, just, just realizing you have to get acclimated to the cold weather. And we had a putting green in our backyard too. And uh, we would always go and putt and chip in the backyard. It'd be the minus five, sometimes minus 10 degree weather. There'd be snow. We would push off the snow. We would hit, hit golf balls in a, cold, uh, in, a, in a cold garage that our dad had set up for us. So I think that's the big thing is just realizing like get out into the cold weather. Um, and what, I guess like, what do you actually work on? I think that's the big thing. So Cam, like if, if you were to kind of pick some things 
to work on in terms of swing? Let's talk about the swing first. What would you do? Yeah. So I think the, the number one thing is just, you know, learning again how to make contact is going to be a big thing, right? Like generally if you're working on your swing in the winter months, you're probably maybe working on technical changes. So now it's time to really understand uh, where your contact is at with the golf ball and maybe getting away from the mats and getting onto grass, I think is going to be very key because mats can really alter the wrist angles at the bottom of the swing and alter your rhythm, especially hitting into a net. You know, if you think half the golf swing is really connected to your ball flight and not being able to see a ball flight all winter is a, is a bit of a jarring thing when you come out and have your first practice experience. Mm-hmm. Another thing too, just in relation to the fitness and mobility aspect of things is generally golfers are more stiff when they come into the year, especially in the cold weather, right? So, you know, what we recommend for our students to do is spend a half an hour in the morning going through a, a really detailed stretching protocol and then in your practice routines before you go out and play, maybe if you were to spend 10% of your time stretching and getting mobile, you maybe spend 20 to 30% of your time stretching and getting mobile so your body's ready. And this will allow you to make sure that you're really not, you know, risking the chance of injury and your body's ready to make the, you know, those aggressive swings. So uh, you, Chris, uh, I'd be curious to know about, you know, what you did um, as a junior player in terms of uh, getting up early in the morning and getting yourself acclimated. Uh, Cause I know you're, you're very big on that. Mm. Well, I mean, I think uh, the weird thing is right now is that like we have really no school going on. So school would always automatically wake you up in the morning. But then once the summer broke and it was time to actually start golfing, um, you know, I, I'll be honest, there were times where I was super lazy with morning wake ups and I would wake up at like 9, 10 a.m. and then get to the golf course eventually. I think the big thing is just realizing that you have a distinct advantage if you wake up in the morning um, at like five, six, seven a.m. and get ready for the season. And I know there's probably a lot of junior players right now. What's that? As long as you're getting your sleep, right? Like if you're going to bed at midnight and then waking up at five, then you're actually putting yourself at a disadvantage. So just yeah. to be clear, yeah, nine, I mean, ten o'clock bedtime. For sure, for sure. I mean, keeping in mind getting getting your your seven, eight, nine hours, whatever you need, um, but. Yeah, I, I think like you have to have this feeling of of truly working when everyone else is sleeping. And if you can be that person who works, who wakes up diligently and makes a day out of preparing for your season, then you will have an advantage over everyone else. Um, I mean, I know for myself, I would go through certain parts of the season, specifically at the start, where I would wake up in the morning, um, eat something healthy, and then get out for a workout. Uh, work on my short game and putting and chipping in the morning and then have a round at one or two o'clock and and then as well like have two hours of putting practice maybe play nine holes and when I would do that consistently and just put the work in I mean I would see a distinct advantage in tournaments and I always kind of faltered with my preparation as the summer got on and I would qualify for like the Canadian juniors and and play to the highest level tournaments and then just kind of stop so I think the big thing right now is just getting into proper routines. I think that's the biggest piece. I know we're ranting a little bit, but uh, routines are the biggest thing. If you can wake up at a certain time, get yourself to the gym at a certain time, get yourself to the golf course at a certain time and actually plan these things out, that's key to everything. And, And realizing that these times do add up, that every single moment will translate to how you play, play in your tournaments. Um, so yeah so just to like speak to that point and laying out a scenario generally i think 
you know, for junior golfers, high level amateur golfers, your most important tournaments come at the very start of the season. The qualify, you know, if especially if you're not living off of exemptions from the previous season, generally the qualifiers are very important. They get you into the big events. Uh, so, you know, just to imagine the scenario where you're not waking up early, you're getting to the course every day for, for noon right now, and you're maybe playing at four o'clock. And then, you know, you draw the tee time for the Ontario Junior Qualifier of 8 a.m. And your body is just completely not acclimated to that. And, you know, you, you get to the range, it's 7.30, you have a little warm up, and then, you know, it takes you to the ninth hole and you're feeling rusty and you're four to five over par, and then you're scrambling to make the cut to get in. Uh, that that's a real reality of what a lot of junior golfers go through. So that's just one way you can really ensure that, you know, you're ready for those moments. It, it, it reminds me of what Tiger did on the, uh, in the 2019 masters on Sunday uh, when they had that early morning start, if you remember, and, you know, he's saying, oh, I'm probably waking up at three 30 in the morning for my 7 a.m. tea time, just to give himself that amount of prep. Mike Weir was another champion of uh, making sure that he got up super early too. So uh, it's very important to sort of, uh, you know, check that box when you're, when you're getting ready for the season. Uh, another thing to really keep in mind too is fundamentals. I always refer back to what Jack Nicholas would do at the start of every season. He would actually have his coach sort of take him through a relearning process of the fundamentals of the game. So how you grip the club, how you stand over the ball, where the ball position is, uh, the very little basics of the golf swing really sort of treating it as if you're a beginner again because those are the things that can be overlooked and one little small small flaw with your grip or, or with your setup can translate to wild misses on the course so that's another thing to really do is do a lot of mirror work so standing in front of the mirror and mirroring your posture taking pictures analyzing it and making sure that your fundamentals and setup is square to the target uh chris you were uh i think in the family growing up um of me and Mike and you, you, you probably had the, uh, the sharpest short game, especially in regards to putting. And mm -hmm. I was just curious, like, what would you do to get your uh, short game ready going into the season? Yeah. That, that, you know, it's, if you look at a, a par four, a short game is half the game, you know, two short shots. So it is the most important part of the game. So what would you do uh, to get ready? I mean, I think it, I always looked at putting as something that's not a technique based, uh, a technique based practice it's something that's a repetition based practice which in turn does make your technique really strong but it's not really necessarily about uh making you look the prettiest it's more about how many reps you put in so i would just i would always just say i'm going to practice putting two three hours a day for four or five days a week for the next two three weeks and just go out there and start to feel hot like i think that's the biggest thing is like i I always wanted to be someone who was a tour level puttering, putting and, and chip and chipper quite honestly, cause I didn't have the best golf swing. Um, but if you always handicapped my putting and chipping, it was at a tour pro level. If you were to look back at my time, that's how I got a scholarship. Really. I was not a phenomenal ball striker. I was actually a below level ball striker. So it's just realizing how much time you want to put in and realizing it's a repetition based thing. I mean, you hear, stories like the michael jordan documentaries going on right now about how much time he would spend practicing just his foul shot and working on his technique um, i don't know if they mentioned that in the documentary but i read his biography and basketball players always talk about um how much they just practice their stroke and and spent hours and hours at the rim if you're not spending hours and hours on the putting green you're just not going to get to that level of of putting like a champion 
Um, you have to put in the time and it's creating drill systems for yourself, which I mean, it's tough to go into detail with just talking about it. I'd actually have to show you what that looks like and, and, and show our practice routines. But our coach was amazing at building like really, really strong kind of repetitions for us. So when we would do practice sessions, we would do drills that would help your feels, drills that would help your routine, um, drills that would help your technique and just do a combination of, of everything. And it's just hours put in. Um, yeah. Jason Day was big on that in terms of getting those reps. Like he always talks about, you know, he, you know, the reason he's such a good putter is because he putts two to three hours a day. Right. And yeah, I think I echo that in terms of realizing that, you know, there's a, a technical base you want to set up uh, at start and there's a few key things you want to keep in, keep a checklist on. But the main thing is putting in the hours um, and then also just putting in the, uh, and just to speak to that too, in terms of actually getting on the course, I always echo this to my students that golf is the only sport that I know of, at least that's where you practice on a different field of what you play on. Right. So, you know, basketball, you, you practice on the court and you play on the court hockey, you practice on the rink, you play on the rink. So getting on the course and really putting in the reps in and banking those rounds before the first tournament comes is super important. Like I'd say to my students, you know, if you've had two to three tournaments uh, or two to three practice rounds before your first big qualifier, and that's all you've played for the year, you're in big trouble. Mm. Right. Um, and, and just in terms of my golf game and what I experienced, I was, you know, a top ranked 13 year old in Ontario. Um, and I was on average playing about 150 rounds a year to 175 rounds a year, which was a lot for, uh, you know, a seven month golf season. And as I aged, I thought, you know, the technical game is going to be very important as I age. And so I, you know, I shrunk my rounds down to about 70 rounds a year, 60, 50 rounds a year. Mm -hmm. And that's the, when the steady decline happened in terms of my ability and skill. So getting it, getting out of the tournament and just sort of, you know, play, taking the Lee Trevino approach, you know, challenging someone to a $2 bet, uh, you know, making a match out of it, making simulated tournaments where, you know, if you're playing Thursday to Sunday, Thursday is day one and Sunday is sun Sunday is Sunday, like a tournament. Right. Mm -hmm. So really getting on the course, there's no, you know, there's no replacement for that. Right. Bubba Watson, Ricky Fowler, these guys didn't hit the range growing up. They hit the course. And you know, it's uh it's interesting too. I feel like now is actually more than ever. It's harder for junior players to, to take that mentality of like, it doesn't matter about your technical look as much. Um, because quite honestly, like if you're on Instagram, which we're on right now, it's all about posting a swing video and making it look nice. I mean, like we see it all the time right now, people posting their swing videos and nets and, uh, it feels like you almost have completed, uh, like the, the, the game when you have a, a proper technique, but you know, like the, the players that would always be at the top of leaderboards that we played against and, and guys that are on actually on the PGA tour now, like Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes. Um, yeah. those guys, like, I mean, Alvin Choi, Matt Hill, those guys put in their, their habits were, were so strong in terms of just like putting in the repetitions, putting in the time, not worrying so much about how things looked. And you know what? I, I didn't really ever get to know all of those guys deeply. I mean, I played against them, but there was just a level of focus and I didn't get to know them because quite honestly, they were, they were heavy into their preparation. That's what they cared about. They cared about being prepared for a tournament. So if you think right now it's like, oh, it's COVID season, I don't need to uh, care so much. It's the opposite. Start preparing. Your habits are, are everything. It's, it's not a matter of what your swing looks like. Um, so 
Yeah. And if, if you're, if you're lost and confused, which I would, I would imagine a lot of players are right now, just reach out to us. I think that's the big thing, like have a, have a support system. And we're going to talk about that kind of next of what your support system looks like. But even, even me, like I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, my, like if I were to start preparing for, for a season myself, I wouldn't, I wouldn't build myself a practice session. I would ask my brothers and I would ask my coaches like, Hey, what do you think I should be working on and start to craft kind of what my daily schedule would look like. It it wouldn't be based on everything that I need to work on because there's so much you can cover in the game and you also have your own intrinsic habits and everyone's practice session is going to be custom based. This, this is why it's like us talking about it is great, but it's, it's tough to tell you specifically what to do. I think the biggest thing is you have to, you have to be prepared and you have to be in the right state of mind and flowing. Um, yeah, treating it like it's a training camp, right? Like, uh, you know, one sport that we love to watch is uh, mixed martial arts for the reason that it's so similar to golf in terms of you're taking all these skill sets and combining them into one sport, right? Like you have boxing, jujitsu, kickboxing, you know, name, there's like probably three to four more disciplines that are combined and that's the sport of mixed martial arts with, with golf. There's, you know, your driving game, there's ball striking, there's course management, there's fitness and nutrition, there's short game, there's putting. And having a one, one mindset approach, which is very common today, you know, uh, again, Instagram is a sexy thing right now. So posting your swing, you get, you know, credit for, uh, to build a champion golfer that just is, it doesn't really cut it today because there are still golfers out there these days that aren't on Instagram, uh, and they're not posting their swing all the time and they're just getting down and dirty and working on their swing. Right. It's the equivalent of like when we grew up, Chris, uh, you know, yelling your score out to your buddy on the uh, the hole that you just ran up to, or you know, bragging about the club that you hit that was one less than them. Right? It's there's a lot of uh, showmanship when it comes to golf, and oh, really, yeah. really quickly, uh, the scorecard doesn't doesn't paint a picture. It's just a number. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anything else you'd like to add about just getting ready for the season? No, it makes me laugh a little bit because, uh, and even even in that, you can get super vested into other players and what they're doing, the showmanship aspect. I mean, I remember one specific story at the Ontario CN Future Links. Um, I won't name him, but this guy was notorious for having like a hot attitude, but he was a really good player. And you would always sometimes think like, oh, this, this guy has an attitude that's fiery. Um, like he, he must be playing bad or there must be an issue. But the reality was this guy was super passionate about his routines, his habits, his, his ability to play. And this guy ended up playing like in PGA Tour events. Like he's a really good player. And I remember one time I saw him and he just lost it on a hole and, and freaked out. Um, and, and I think he made a double bogey or something. And in my mind, I'm like, he was always a guy I tried to compare myself to. And you have those players. You're like, I want to, I want to compete against this guy because he's really good. And in my mind, I was like, Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm probably playing better than this guy. Cause I was having a good round. And uh, lo and behold, I, I created this kind of fallacy played the rest of my round didn't play the best. And uh, I always kind of compare myself who's in my, my age category, like how am I playing against these guys? And this guy yeah. beat me by four shots that day. And, and I remember asking him, because we shared the same coach, asking my coach, like, hey, like, what's, what's the difference? Because like, I felt like I was going out there with a strong attitude. And I was positive and I was in, in trying to like really just be encouraged out there. But this guy beat me and, and he consistently is beating me. And the thing that my coach says is just like he just works hard like that's like he has passion sure he he has his his uh anger she's out on the golf course but because his habits are where they're at 
that's how he plays better. So yeah, I, I know that's a bit of a tangent. It's a story, but it, it was a, it was a learning lesson to me. Like, you know, it doesn't matter about the show. It doesn't matter about um, mm. all of that. It, it matters more about the routine that the people are putting in. So I think we'll, we'll end the podcast there. Um, one, because our dogs haven't barked yet. We both have dogs. And uh, it's like, if we can go 20, 30 minutes without the dog barking, that's a, that's a good podcast. And uh, if you're looking for an answer on what kind of like is the best way to get ready for the season, it, we, we weren't here to provide you an answer. I think that's the thing because it's going to be a custom-based approach. And maybe that's the answer in there. So it's not really giving you the actual direct handbook to it. It's going to be a custom-based approach for what you need to work on and what's important to your game and what's feeling super rusty and what's feeling super good. Um, for some people, it could just be, you need to work out every day and, and get in shape. Um, yeah. It's custom for everyone. Uh, so yeah, just to end off. Uh, so for the next podcast, we're going to be talking about support systems and the importance of it. Like we had mentioned, uh, if you're looking to uh, interact with us, uh, you know, there, we do free consultations. You can email us at Lancaster golf Academy at gmail.com. And you can also DM us on Instagram, Lancaster Golf Performance, performance and interact with us there. Uh, we'd love to hear your story in the game, and we'd love to hear about what your goals are and how we can help you get there. Awesome. Great. All right, guys, have a great day, and uh, we'll uh, catch you later.